This episode has been brought to you in part by the Azrieli Music Prizes. Join them in celebrating artistic excellence at the AMP Gala Concert, live from Maison Symphonique in Montreal, happening October 20th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Orchestre Metropolitain will premiere award-winning music by laureates Aharon Harla, Iman Habibi, and Rita Ueda. Learn more at azrielifoundation.org backslash AMP. Just a simple monument with someone's name and their date of birth, date of death, doesn't really do it justice. There's, in, in that dash, in between the, the date of birth and the date of death, there's a whole story. And it, it's not really told on, on a piece of concrete. That's the voice of Mandy Benwalid. She was standing beside her late grandfather's grave in the Cahal Israel Cemetery in Dollar des Ormeaux, which is just west of Montreal. Benwalid is the founder of a company called Keeper, They place QR codes on tombstones so people who visit can use their smartphones and connect to the Keeper website where there's a robust online digital memorial about the person buried there, including photos and videos and newspaper clippings and whatever the family wants. Keeper also offers virtual funerals now, too, including live streaming the services. As the Jewish world prepares for Yom Kippur and the Gisker service to remember and honor those we've lost, we here at the CJN Daily got thinking a lot about death and dying and the whole grieving process and how the pandemic has upended many of the traditional Jewish rituals we were all used to. I mean, how many of us have gone to a socially distant graveside service, for example, or attended a shiva by Zoom, right? So for today's show, we'll speak with Mandy Benwalid. The young Jewish-Canadian woman is at the forefront of some of the newest trends in the death business and leading the conversation about topics like alternate ways of doing funerals, including cremation, thinking about the environment, and how to use technology to make the funeral process more meaningful for grieving families. Whatever is happening in like the real world is always going to happen 10 years later in funerals. And then I think Jewish funeral homes are another few years behind that. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, October the 4th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily. It's a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News and sponsored by Metropia. Mandy Benwalid was raised in Montreal, but she now lives in Hamilton, where she's volunteering for the local Hever Kadisha. She's also branched out, and together with her husband, Jeremy Cohen, a professor at McMaster, they now run a popular education site about death and dying called Talk Death. They've got over 45,000 followers on social media, and they tackle topics like human composting, whether dissolving the body in water and chemicals is better for the environment than cremation, and the answer is it is, and how a Hever Kadisha works. Coming up, Mandy Benwalid will join me, but first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Stephen Albin in Toronto, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. A memorial service was held in Israel this past Sunday for Luna Sabah. The former Montreal woman was murdered 50 years ago in a terrorist attack on the Ben Gurion airport in 1972. This weekend, the Association for Americans and Canadians in Israel added Mrs. Sabah's name to their memorial plaque. It's located in the Rabin Forest between Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. The group pays tribute every year around this time to the 360 diaspora Jews and their relatives who died either as soldiers fighting for the Jewish state 
or were killed in terror attacks. Canada's ambassador to Israel, Lisa Stadelbauer, laid a wreath on behalf of the government. The Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine carried out the attack in the airport in May of 1972. Mrs. Sabah was one of 26 people killed. 80 others were wounded. And joining me now from Hamilton is Mandy Ben-Walid. Welcome to the CJN Daily. Thank you so much. Uh, the Keeper site, uh, it's almost since 2014, 13 or 14 it was launched, right? 13. 13. So it'll be coming up on your 10-year anniversary, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. QR codes I've never seen in Canada in anybody's graves ever anywhere. But are you allowed to put them on your grandparents' and aunt's grave? Like, is that a thing? Are they going to get in trouble if you mention that? I mean, they're there. The graves, the, the, the grounds people have probably seen them. I mean, it's our monument. We paid for it. So, so it goes right into the stone, the little plaque. No, no, no. So what we do is we have a, so we, we manufacture, we manufactured rather, we stopped for a bit. We might probably start again because now COVID, uh, not another popular again with COVID, but um, they're basically like aluminum plaques. Mm. And it has like an industrial adhesive that you stick on and then you could always pry it off if you need to. But um, so far it has lived through like seven winters in Montreal. So it's pretty good. So Keeper is where now, is there any Jewish funeral people that use Keeper or it's just a private thing that people do directly through you? Um, it's a mix. We do have some Jewish funeral homes and we do have a lot of uh, Jewish people that will just do it through us and make their own memorial page. So we have, you know, different streams. We have our direct to consumer. We have businesses that work with us. We work also with, um, actually, this might be interesting for you as we also work with um, the Department of Veterans Affairs in the U.S. I don't know if you saw that, but we do, we have a whole site for them for all the uh, every veteran that's died, that's in a national cemetery or a grant funded mm-hmm. cemeteries in our system. How, there. how about in Canada? Where are you at in terms of? Um, we're we're, we're trying to get we're trying to get Canada there. We'd love to do that, but basically, um, no. A lot of the a lot of the Jewish funeral homes are set in their ways and don't and you know turn us away and say that they don't need us. So that that's really the the response we get. Whereas a lot of other funeral homes that literally contact us saying we need your solution. This is what we need today. This is what's important. This is what people are asking for and looking for. I mean, on top of that, like it's also assumed that what they, what they do is kind of what's accepted and what's the norm. Right. Cause I actually found it um, alarming that my, my aunt passed away and there was hundreds of condolences that were left on her memorial page. And then after a month, they completely took it down and they do that all the time. And like, I'm in technology. It doesn't take a lot of space on the internet to have text on a page. It does not. Um, and the fact that they remove it, you know, it's something that we kind of call like a second death. Like you have all these memories and all these messages of this person, and then you lose that. And so, but it's just what is accepted because it's what the, it's what they do. So let's talk a bit about some of the bigger trends that you see that might or maybe already are making inroads here in Canada in the Jewish world. And one of them I'm so interested in, I know you recently wrote about it, natural organic reduction. reduction. So this would have to kind of go through a council of, of, of sorts to be able to be like approved, right? Um, and I actually have the perfect rabbi if you're interested in this to talk to. He's in Oakland, but he's like amazing. Um, he actually opened up the first Jewish green burial cemetery in the States. Um, so as someone who's not hyper-religious, I can't necessarily talk specifically or like 
I can't necessarily say with confidence what I think would be accepted or not accepted. But as we know, typically the main goal is that as Jewish people, we are returned to the earth and we are, you know, not embalmed and we decompose naturally into the earth, right? So that's the main piece. But on top of that is generally the land is like consecrated. The earth is consecrated. Can you consecrate the ground or the, the, the soil that is being placed into your vessel and then placed into the ground and decompose? Yes, I don't see why not. That to me seems like it is very in line with our beliefs and our practices. Does the facility itself need to be considered kosher or consecrated in some way? Perhaps that is a question that I would have. Some places, you know, and is it okay? So it depends on the kind of areas we're talking about. So a lot of the more modern ones, the urban ones that we're seeing in Seattle pop up, they are literally these buildings in warehouse, they're, they're warehouses in industrial areas. And every person is in what we call a vessel and they're all like kind of lined up on a wall, just like you would see in a warehouse. So another question when it comes to Jewish people is, is it okay to be in a space with other decedents that are not Jewish? Do, do we need a Jewish section there? So there's a lot of questions around that, but you know, on, on the if it would be accepted by the Orthodox community, I think Jewish people like my parents. I just had a conversation with them and um, and my sister-in-law and everyone who who are more practicing about composting. And, you know, my brother was like, no, this would never be accepted by, by the religion, but by people, I think it absolutely would be. All of these green options, I think specifically really appeal to Jews because we are kind of the, well, for lack of a better word, the OGs of green burial, right? Jewish people and Muslims we are the ones who started green burials. As you know, in Israel, simple pine box, not super deep in the ground, just a shroud even. And what's happened in the Western world is Jews have kind of taken on what, what Christians and Catholics were doing with the bigger caskets. Something I learned recently was that actually in the US, the majority of Jewish funerals will still use concrete vaults. And the way that they actually get around the, the, the rule that you need to be in the earth is they'll literally dump some earth in the concrete, which I think is awful. <laughs> it's not as prevalent in parts of Canada. It's more in the U.S. A lot of U.S. cemeteries mandate that you have to have a concrete vault or a grave liner. And it's literally so that the earth doesn't, um, the earth stays as flat as possible so that they can mow the lawn easier. That's really the rules around it. So Basically, what I'm trying to say is that green burial, like when people ask me how I want to be buried or what I want, like I would just want a Jewish burial because to me that is already a green burial, mm -hmm. right? I would probably pick just maybe a, a simpler casket or try to just be in a shroud if, if possible. Um, but I think it also is very much a generational thing, right? You tell my grandma, do you want to become compost and go in the garden? She's going to be like, what the F are you talking about? You know, but if, you know, my mom and, and, and my stepdad, who I spoke to about this literally last week, he was like, I love that idea. That's, that's exactly what I would want. And I think that as some Jews become more, more, you know, less conservative, 
you know, I know a lot of Jewish people who want to be start being, who want to be cremated, things are going to change and it's going to change as, you know, my generation starts getting older, I think. Did I kind of answer your question yeah, enough there? Did, okay. Not the human, uh, human composting. Can we talk about how I didn't see any Jewish green cemeteries or Jewish green in Canada, anything when I looked up uh, websites, but. Exactly. So there, there's the first Jewish one that was founded by Rabbi Kelman, who's in Oakland. Um, he's actually the one that like wrote the book on like Hevra Kadisha here as well, which is really interesting. Anyone in sort of Hevra Kadisha knows who he is. Jewish people love the idea of green burial, but as I've seen so far, I have not seen dedicated sections for green burial in cemeteries here. And I think a lot of that is because green burial is still very new to consumers. And so cemeteries only in the past five years, I would say in Ontario, um, have really been picking it up. So it's really just a trend that is starting to become more prevalent. What we are seeing most of the time is your standard funeral, your traditional funeral, creating small green burial sections. The only thing that really differentiates them is no embalming, no grave liner, no headstone. Besides that, a lot of them are still mowing the lawn. They're still using pesticides. They're still doing everything else that a lot of what we would call the, the greenest tier would be conservation burial. And conservation burial is you're put in the land, the wildflowers grow, there's no marker, and you're just in the earth, and that's it. They have sometimes like a little like actually like a little marker that's like maybe like this big that they put in the ground to know where you are. Um, but that's about it. So I think that the funeral and cemetery industry is extremely slow to adapt. They've always been slow to adapt. Um, unless we continue to see more challenges that are being brought forth to them. And so obviously the customer is the one driving the change. And because a lot of it is the knowledge of not being aware that these things are, that they're even available in the world, people aren't going to ask about them. Okay, I have one last question, because this has been driving me crazy for five years. Why do cemeteries in the Jewish faith in Canada only allow one kind of flower on the graves? Why can't we garden in there? You mentioned some things about oh, having gardening. A lot of cemeteries do allow you to garden, but not Jewish ones. No, not Jewish ones. You know, I don't know why it's the flower. It's probably like the sustainability of it, like how long the color lasts on it. It's probably like, there's probably a real reason behind it. Like that it doesn't like the, the petals don't just like die really easily. And it has like a high heat, um, like sustainability. But I don't know. That's a really good question. I could definitely try to investigate that. Um, I wish I knew the answer. I'd rather put the hostas that my, you know, or the lilac that my mother-in-law gave us on hers rather than those. Well, I know. And even the hostas, like they grow back every year and like they flower. Every year, grass is more sustainable. You don't have to keep killing flowers. That's my opinion. I, but I totally agree with you. I totally agree. By the way, the conservative Jewish movement has also come out in favor of funerals becoming more environmentally conscious, such as doing burials without graveliners and stacking burials on top of each other like they do in Israel. They're still not in favor of cremations, though, and although they say water-based methods don't break Jewish law, they should be discouraged. You can get cremated and buried in some places in Canada if you're Jewish. Benjamin's Park Memorial Chapel in Toronto sells urns ranging from the $1,100 container to the cheapest one at $125. And in Montreal, the Reformed Temple Emmanuel 
offers funerals and burials for people who get cremated. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Stephen and Rodine Stein of Toronto. And meanwhile, here's a clip from the weekend memorial ceremony in Israel honoring the North American victims of terror, including Luna Sabah. The speaker is Bible educator Esther Lapian. Have an easy fast, and we'll be back on Thursday. Here in this place, the good we do to each other, the kindness we bestow upon each other, should be stirred by a constant, unsettling awareness that everything we have here has come at a very high price. Our zikaron cannot begin or end with feelings of gratitude. Zikaron, as we learned today, demands doing as well as remembering. Empathy, kindness, and generosity, fairness, inclusiveness, and unbiased justice on a daily basis both personal and national, should be how we remember the lives of the people we've come to honor here today. Thank you.